Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you today. Join me in the book of 2 Peter this morning, if you would, please. And chapter number one. Go ahead and flip that, guys. 1868. I don't think we have anybody <laughs> here that you never know, right? 155 years ago, 1868. Does that date do anything for you? Let me know what that date is. Huh? Nobody? Who said what? Civil War time. Yeah. So, well, 1868 was the, uh, the first time Memorial Day was observed, 1868. In fact, then they called it, anybody know? Come on, man. Who what? Yeah, Decoration Day. Decoration Day, 1860. That was 155 years ago. And uh, Decoration Day. And of course, Civil War time and men, mostly men, but since then men and women that have given their all in our nation's service, you know, protecting our borders and our freedom and our liberty. And, uh, and we appreciate that, right? Uh, in 1971, um, uh, Decoration Day, Memorial Day, became a federal holiday. And so really for 155 years, we as a nation, I hate to use the word celebrate because Memorial Day isn't recognizing our active military, that's Veterans Day, and you know, um, but today we, we recognize, we honor, we, we pay homage to the memory of those who have given their all, right? Those who died uh, defending our, our nation. And someone said this, you can write a book about what's wrong with America, but you can fill a library with what's right. And I'm still, I'm still glad that I'm an American. How about you? And I know it's not perfect. I know it's getting, getting a little bit more out of control all the time, but we still are uh, a great nation. And I'm glad to be an American, right? And so today uh, we recognize uh, Memorial Day and we, we honor the memory of those who gave their all. I like that saying, all gave some, some gave all. I like that. And the older I get, the more I appreciate those who gave all to protect what we have so that now I have grandchildren who can enjoy some of the, some of the freedoms because we're losing them every day. But some of the freedoms that we as a nation hold dear. You know, we often recall memories. Isn't that right? Um, of some sort, memories. You go ahead and flip, guys. Stay with me. Um, and, and, you know, when you, when you recall, sometimes they're painful. Not all memories, not all memories are pleasant, right? Sometimes we, 
we recall and we think back and, and, and some memories are pain. Some are pleasant and happy. Uh, some, uh, some memories teach us great lessons, <laughs> right? We look back and we remember and we say, well, you know what? I, I don't think I'm going to do that again that way. So we maybe we learn a great lesson through it. Sometimes a memory serves as a, as a means to motivate, right? You, you, you have recall and you think back and it just motivates you uh, to, I don't know, continue or to move on. And think, thinking about that, I've chosen our text this morning on purpose. 2 Peter chapter number 1, and I, wanna, I want you to look at verse 12 with me, and we're going to read down from verse 12 uh, through verse number 15. Uh, and then we're going to discuss that text this morning. Okay, you there? Second Peter chapter 1. Look at verse number 12. Wherefore, I will not be negligent. Now, this is Peter speaking to his readers. I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. Now, go back and read that with me again, and I want you to just concentrate. I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. Look at the next few words, though ye know them. You get that? Though ye know them. And, uh, and be established in the present truth. He says, yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle. He's speaking about his body. So as long as I'm in this physical state, I think, it, I think it's important that I stir you up by putting you in what? Remembrance. Knowing that shortly I must put off this tabernacle, this body, even as our Lord Jesus Christ hath showed me. Look at verse 15. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. And so when you read through that text, as I read through that text this past week in studying, several times the same theme jumps out. And you know what it is. It's remember, remembrance. I, I like where Peter says this in verse number 12 and then verse 14, uh, always, always in remembrance. Always remember is what he's speaking about here. Look in chapter number 3, verse number 1. He says this second epistle, this is the second time he's writing, second letter he wrote to them. He said, uh, this second epistle, beloved, now write I unto you in both to do what? Read it with me. Stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Right? And so it's a reoccurring theme here for Peter in this, in this letter. He's writing to his, his readers. He's writing to a group of born-again, blood-washed, heaven-bound believers, and the whole purpose of his writing is to remind them. Go, go back to our text, uh, verse number 12. You know what Peter does? He begins to draw their, pay attention here, he begins to draw their attention backward. And the reason I say that is because of a word uh, he uses in verse 12, very first word, wherefore. There's, a, there's an interchangeable word, therefore, wherefore, therefore. And when you, you know this in studying the Bible, that, that word, pay attention, draws our attention backward. Are you with me? Right? So Peter's saying this. Peter's saying, I want, you, I want to remind you of some things. And we might say, what? 
you know? And that's where he says, wherefore, and he draws our attention backward. So go back to the next thought. We would go back to verse 10. You know, the Bible gives us complete thoughts. Say amen right there, right? And it's important to read from thought to thought so you don't get yourself messed up. The next thought, verse number 10, what's it begin with? Wherefore. What does wherefore do? Wherefore, therefore, draws our attention backward, correct? And so verse 12, Peter says, I want to remind you, and we would say, about what? And he'd say, well, go back a little bit. We go back to verse 10, and he says, you know, wherefore, we need to go. And so the further back you go, you'll get a good understanding of what Peter is trying to remind his readers about. So let's go back to verse number four, because that's where thought begins. He says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So Peter says this, I'm going to do my best. I will not be negligent to cease to remind. I want to continue to remind you. And we would say about what? And he would say about the promises that Almighty God has made to all his children. Are you with me? Now I'm going I'm I'm to teach you this text, and then before you leave, I'm going to slip a few things into your pocket to take with you. But you got, you got to get this first. I want you to understand the mentality, uh, the attitude, you know, the burden that's upon Peter's heart. And as pastors, as pastors, we feel the same. Every once in a while, we say, man, we, we need to remind the church uh, over and over, and sometimes we, we feel as if you're tired of us reminding you, but we need to be reminded. And Peter begins to remind the church here about these precious promises. In fact, he calls them, he labels them as great and precious promises. Take it a step further, exceeding great and precious promises, right? And then he, he tags it. He adds a tag. You, you know that terminology if you're a young person. You get tagged, you know, in a tweet or in a, you know, a, a direct message or you get tagged. Well, he tags it with having these pre- that, that, that help us provide for us a means to tap into the divine nature so that we can escape the corruption that's in. You know what he's talking about here? Here's what he's saying. One of the greatest promises that God has given us, John, is the promise of salvation. And through salvation, when you get saved, when you get born again, when your spirit becomes alive, you can then tap into the divine nature. We begin to understand God and communicate with God. So Peter's saying this, I want to I make sure I'm not negligent in reminding you about God's great and precious promises, the greatest being that you're saved. Say amen right there. That you're saved. But then he goes on and he says in verse number five, and besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Now he's not assuming, but he's confirming. There's a difference, right? When you assume, you're hoping that something is in place. When you confirm, you know something's in place. And so what Peter is saying is this, since you have this faith, now you need to make sure you cultivate it. You need to add to it. Are you paying attention? 
If you just got saved, wonderful. God bless you. We're excited for you. I look in the back there. We got some folks who just got saved, got baptized just recently. In fact, I said this, I think on Wednesday night. I'm not sure if Katrina's here, but last Sunday, a young lady named Katrina uh, got saved Thursday, got baptized Sunday. At the end of the service, I met her right here. And I said, congratulations, this is wonderful. And with a big smile from ear to ear, she said, I feel like I won the lottery. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I feel like I won the lottery. Praise the Lord, I said, I'm so happy for her. But it doesn't end there. You need to, as Peter says, you need to add to your faith. And then he gives us that list of items, right? Virtue and, and to virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, and patience, and brotherly kindness and charity. And then he says this, if these things be in you and abound, in other words, if you add this to your faith, if you cultivate your faith, he said you'll be fruitful. Mm, but if you don't, then you won't. Say it, if I don't, then I won't. If I don't, then I won't. Right? Uh, if you don't add these things to your faith, then your faith won't grow, is what Peter's saying. Right? And so he's saying this, I won't be negligent to remind you about the great promise that God has given us, that promise of salvation. But now I must also remind you to, what? Cultivate that faith. Grow that faith. Don't sit on it. Don't be satisfied with just the fact that I'm saved. That's not enough. It might get you to heaven, but it won't get you through this life in a very successful, happy, fruitful way. Correct? And so he says in verse number 13, I'm going to try to stir you up by reminding you. Isn't it true every once in a while we need to be stirred up? <laughs> right? You know, every once in a while we just need to get stirred up. I love to go to church services where I get stirred up. And a lot of times it's not by learning new truth. It's by re be being reminded of old truth. You know what Peter says here? Look at it. I think this is neat. He says in verse number, uh, number 12, he says, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. Look at the next few words. Though ye know them. So Peter's not teaching them new truth. He's, pay attention here, he's reminding them of known truth. Somebody say amen right there. This is not new truth. He's not saying, okay, here, 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 I got some revelation for you. You know, every once in a while, maybe you come to church and you're, you're new at this, and this is all new, and this is all revelation. You, man, you've never seen this before. you never heard this before. That's wonderful. But then you got some folks sitting here who've been around here for a long time, right? John's been, John's been around here. He's like furniture here, John. He gets dusty every once in a while. He got to dust them off. You know, so this is not new truth. No, it's just a reminder of known truth. And can I share with you the main reason as to why we need to be reminded of known truth? Can I put it as simple as I can? Every once in a while, we spring a leak. Right? I mean, to tell you, look, life is difficult and life is demanding. And even though we know truth, sometimes we, we, we neglect to practice truth. Say amen right there. Oh, we know what we should do, but every once in a while I just don't do it. Why? I sprung a leak. Right? And so I need to be reminded. And that's what Peter does. He reminds them, verse 13, look at verse 13. I think it, I think it meet, I think it's important that as long as I'm in this body, to stir you up by putting you in what? 
in remembrance. I think that sometimes, I think sometimes we just need to be reminded. Uh, maybe we need to be reminded of the fact that we're saved. Hello? Boy, preacher, that's so simple. I know. I know. I like the song, Saved, Saved, Saved. Isn't that a great song? Uh, we don't sing that that often any longer. We've replaced it with all these worship songs. But some of them old songs are great reminders, you know? And sometimes I think we need to be reminded just of the fact we're saved. We're going to go to heaven one day. Maybe we need to be reminded of, of, uh, of the reality of what sin does in a person's life. I don't know, maybe, maybe we need to be reminded of God's goodness and mercy or a time of past blessing or a time of past victory. Maybe for some, we need to be reminded of a call that God's placed upon our life to do a certain thing. And maybe, maybe it's just to be reminded of the reality of heaven and hell. Peter says, I'm not going to be negligent to uh, not remind you of these important things, the promises of God and the importance of cultivating your, your faith. And he says in verse number 15 something that I think maybe grabs a hold of some people's attention. Moreover, I will endeavor that, that ye may be able to uh, be able after my decease. I think maybe Peter now he's up, in, he's up in years, you know, and he knows that his end is... Jason and I visited yesterday with a, a woman who I pastored many years ago, right, Jay? By the way, Jason and Nicole, my son-in-law and daughter, uh, have just moved to town, so I have to be on my best behavior. I brought my granddaughters. So, but we visited with a, a, a woman yesterday. She's probably watching right now. Her name is, I won't tell you her name, but pastored her for many years. She's only 65 years old, and she has been battling with COPD to the point right now where her lungs are done. She's on the highest level of oxygen you can possibly uh, get. You know, she's, in, she's been in the hospital for a while now, and if she gets out of the hospital, have to probably go to a healthcare center. She probably won't be able to go home. And so as she lie in bed, and I haven't seen her in a few years, she's been watching our services since I moved back, and uh, reached out this week, asked me if I'd come and visit with her. And so we did yesterday, and one of the things she said to me, I said to her, I said, so, uh, sister, what, what, what's the game plan here? She said, the game plan is, is to go home. And I mean, she didn't, she want, John, she wasn't sad. She didn't say, Pastor, please get the oil out and heal me. She never even asked me to pray over her. She just said, the game plan, the game plan is to go home. Man. Hello? You know what I found out? I found out you don't get that kind of grace until you need that kind of grace. Because I think about it, and I thought, man, I don't know if I'd be able to say I'm just planning on going home, right, Raj? I mean, I'm planning on having a hamburger tomorrow with my grandsons. I mean... <laughs> I didn't want to go home. You know, home for me is across the parking lot, man. She's saying, I'm going to go home. And we're reminded every once in a while just how good it is to be saved. Amen? Peter's talking about his upcoming homegoing. Life is short. So let me sum up. Let me sum up for us the reminders that Peter is given. Are you ready? Here, let me sum it up. First, he reminds his readers of truth they had already learned. Now, say amen right there. Amen. Isn't it important, church? Isn't it important every once in a while to be reminded of what we know? Amen. Come on. Isn't it good every once in a while somebody just gets up and preaches that, hey, the, the Bible is God's Word from cover to cover, no mistakes, never fails. 
Every promise is valid. Every principle will lead to success if you follow it. There are certain conditions. Isn't it good to be reminded every once in a while of just some of the things that we already know? Hey, Jesus is coming again. Maybe morning, maybe noon, maybe evening, but surely soon. Isn't it good to be reminded that, you know, we're going to get rid of this body of sin one day? We're going to enter into a life where there'll be no more. Yeah. First thing you thought about was pain. I tell you what, I want no more. I don't want no more of cravings. Huh? No more cravings. Did you ever crave? Huh? Man, I tell you, every once in a while, my sister brought me in chocolate peanut butter cookies this morning. I tried so hard not to take one, but I couldn't. She sat them on my desk like the devil. And man, I just, I'm looking at that thing and I had to eat them, Carol. I just had to dive into that. You know, and I told her Bob Smith wouldn't be here today. What are you going to do with his? And I thought maybe she would be gracious and give me his too. But did she give them to you, Marion? Oh, Aaron's got them. Hey, Aaron's, he's eating them back there right now. Look at him. (laughs) Amen. No more. So Peter reminds First and foremost, of truth they already learned. Secondly, he emphasizes the basic truths of the Christian life. Can I say this to you? And I know some of you get so, so big-headed that you forget the most important thing about the Christian life. Just do the basics. Just do the basics. Huh? Oh, pastor, would you just teach me some, some of the deeper why? You're not even doing what you already know. Huh? I never forget this, John. Years ago, my very first few years of pastoring, husband and wife came to church, had a little boy, a really nice family. And after a little period of time, I noticed that they were very inconsistent. They would come, they wouldn't come. Sometimes they'd come morning, wouldn't come back at night, blah, 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 all along. And then one day I just went over and visited with him, and I said to the brother, I said, so, so tell me a little bit about your, your, your life and your salvation and your desire. And he told me, then he said this, then he said this, it blew me away. He said... I want to be a pastor one day. I said, really? And I had to fight everything because back then I was feisty. If you think I'm feisty now, you should have known me back then. I had to fight everything within me to hold back from saying, so when are you going to be consistent in church? When you become a pastor? Oh, it got really quiet. Well, Pastor, I love to teach that class. Well, maybe I would consider you if you started coming to Connect class. I'm only reminding you. Well, Pastor, I want to be in the ministry. Well, when are you going to be in the ministry? When you get into the ministry? You know, my pastor said to me, Jason, when I wanted to be in the ministry, he said, let your ministry get in the way so that you have to get in the ministry to do your ministry. That may not make sense to some of you, but it does to others. God doesn't call people to do more if you're not already doing what you should be doing. Man, that's good preaching right there. Thank you. That was a sister that said preaching. <laughs> and, so, and so he emphasizes the basic. Look here, you've got to do the basics. I have been in school for a long time. I graduated high school back in... You know, but I'll tell you this, 
I still use some of the basic things I learned back then. For example, I still am capable of adding together my salary. <laughs> I use those math skills that I learned back in what, third, fourth, fifth grade, second grade, the times table. Remember the times tables? Just the basics. I use them all the time. You know what I did first thing this morning? 2023, 1868. How many years was that? It took me all 10 fingers and 10 toes, but I got there. <laughs> and I used the skills. What? Basics. They teach you the basics, and you never graduate from the basics. Why is it as Christians we think that, man, we're getting so big now for our britches. I don't need church no more. I don't need to read my Bible every day. I don't need to pray all the time. I know how to do this. Really? Really? I've been preaching for almost 39 years. I promise you this sermon that I put together this week, I've read it over, spoke it over, practiced it at least a dozen times. I probably, probably could have got into this pulpit this morning, Tony, without notes and, and dove into this text because it's in me, but I never take it for granted. Why? Because the basics work. It's been working for 39 years. I'm not going to change it now because I want to give you the very, very best. You deserve the best. Not that I'm the best, but you deserve the best when you come to church. Somebody says, preacher, you really made that really understand. Really pr I work at it. What good would it be for me to send you out of here with all these thoughts bobbing around in your mind? You have no idea what to do with them. Got to make it practical. The basics. What's Peter doing? He's reminding them, emphasizing the basic truths of the Christian life. And then thirdly, if we were to sum this up, he reminds them that time is short. Twice. Look at it again. Knowing, verse 14, knowing that surely I must put off my tabernacle. He's speaking about his body. He's speaking about dying here. Verse 15, talks about after my decease, right? And so what he's saying is this, pay attention here. He says this, I, I know that I'm going to depart shortly, and I want to make sure that I leave behind a lasting legacy. You know, the older you get, you start thinking about that, right? Just a week or so ago, we, we had a memorial service for Diane right here. And one of the things that we had noted is this, that great Bible verse where it talks about, you know, somebody's works following them. We had that little service for the Hammond family. Remember, it was a couple Sunday nights ago. We did the same thing where the Bible says in Revelation 14 that, you know, blessed are the dead in the Lord, right? And their works do follow them. We want to leave behind a legacy, a lasting legacy. And so that's what Peter's talking about here. Did you get it? So that was commentary on... 1 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12, or 14 through 15. Amen? Amen? Now, here's the question. What do we do with it? What do we do with it? So, let me, let me see if I can't make it applicable for us today. Okay? You ready? Let me give you three thoughts on the way out the door. First, are you guys with me? Number one, know what you know. Know what you know. Know what you know. Let that sink in for a second. It's not a cute saying. There's a great truth right there. You and I, as Christians, we need to know what we say we know. Right? Uh, follow with me. Learning, learning, learning is complicated. 
Yeah, just, just because you go to school doesn't mean you're learned. <laughs> right? It's complicated, isn't it? Right? Let me, let me tell you the key to learning. Are you listening? The key to learning is understanding. So you haven't learned something until you understand something. Are you with me? The best way, they say the best way to understand something, now follow this, follow this thought. The best way to understand, the way you learn it is to understand it. The best way to understand it is if you experience it. Go ahead, do this. If you experience it, right? So uh, we're going to go fix a car. I'm going to take you out there. Well, we're not going to try to fix anything new. We're going to look for something in the 70s out there. Anybody driving something in the 70s? We can fix that. The new one, you need a computer to fix it. You need a robot to fix it. You need a lift to just take the battery out of it. In fact, you can't even find the battery sometimes in these cars, right? And so I say to you, okay, uh, John, let's go out, and, and what we're going to do is this. We're going to, I'm going to change these brakes. I want you to just sit on a step over here. I'm going to go over, and, and I'm going to yell over, hey, John, right now I'm going to take off the front wheel. What am I doing? Taking off the front wheel. John, I'm taking off the caliber. What am I doing? Taking off the caliber. I could explain that for the next 10 times I put brakes on the front of a 1973 Chevy Caprice. But if you don't get in there and get your hands dirty with me, you're really not going to understand how to do this. You can watch all the YouTube you want. Nothing like getting your hands... Are you listening real good? You're experiencing it. So guess what life does? Look here. Life provides us with experience. So you know what that means? I get to know what I know just by living life with my eyes wide open. <laughs> Amen? I get a better understanding. See, each day we find ourselves facing life and all that it provides us. Right? The bumps in the road, you know, the, uh, I don't want to keep, I don't want to name things, I don't want you to think I'm talking about you, but the financial stresses. Doesn't life provide us with financial stresses? And then, and then family woes. You have a family? Say whoa. whoa. The family woes. You have children? Say oh no. <laughs> Got teenagers? God bless you. Right? And so life, everyday living life provides us with all of these experiences. The ups, the downs, the good and bad circumstances. And it's in this area that we put into practice what we know. You just missed that. It, it, look here. You got a situation that occurs. Joe and Mandy just had a situation that occurred. So guess what? That, you know what that is? That's a life opportunity to put to practice what you know and see it work for you. Right? Peter says, I'm not going to neglect to remind you of what you already know. Just know what you know. And the best way to know it is to understand it. The only way to understand it is to experience it. I've been in many times, been in, like yesterday, Jason, right? We're in a hospital room. I don't have COPD. I don't have problems breathing. I don't have to, I don't have to watch my lungs on a machine. So I can't say to my sister, I know what you're going through. I know what you're going through. All I can say is, I can't imagine what you're going through, so I'm praying for you. But there's other times when people come to me and they say, Preacher, I need some help with this. I got a situation here. Man, been there, done that. 
I remember what that, but then there's other times when I say, somebody comes along and says, preacher, would you, would you uh, pray for me? I just dis- discovered that uh, I have breast cancer. So you know what I say? You need to talk to my wife. Why? She's had it twice. Who could better help, me who's never had it, or her who's had it twice? Are you getting this? Know what you know. And in this area, we put the practice, what we know, the principles we've learned, the promises that we've claimed, the hills that we've climbed. Just know what you know. And the only way to know it is through experience. Right? All right, so I want you to take that, tuck that in your, in your pocket. Take it with you. Know what you know. Secondly, here's a second suggestion. Accept reminders as necessary help. Don't get all bent out of shape when somebody reminds you of something you already know. (laughs) Right? You know what God is good at? God is good at reminding us. He really is. He's good at reminding us. At times, at times he reminds us, he reminds us just through Bible reading. You know, you read your Bible and man, all of a sudden God reminds you of something. You say, well, praise the Lord. Sometimes it's through a message, maybe a podcast or Uh, maybe a message that's brought from your home pulpit. You know, God reminds us. God's good at that. And isn't it true, now pay attention right, isn't it true that every once in a while it is from just an unusual source? (laughs) Huh? He reminds us through this unusual source. Right? And my counsel to you would be this. Accept these reminders as necessary help. Look here, I've already said a number of things today as a reminder. Go ahead and get mad at me if you want. But the better way, the better thing to do is to say, God might be using that man to say something I needed to hear. Huh? It's going to get, it'll get you nowhere to get upset when I say something that God wants you to hear. It'll get you nowhere. But if you say, I hate him, but what he's saying is from God, you don't have to like me. All you got to do is accept truth from God as necessary help to move you on. Because that's what God's all about. He don't want to leave you like you are. He loves you too much to leave you like you are. We got to accept these reminders as necessary help. Look here, if you're a part of the uh, electronic world, if you have a smartphone, you got a smartphone? Raise your hand if you got a smartphone. If you have no idea what a smartphone is, go ahead and raise your hand. <laughs> Colin, would you note those people and go by and help them, please? Smartphone, right? How many have a tablet? You got a tablet? We got a tablet. Yeah. Uh, computer? Think about this. Every once in a while, isn't it true you get a little notification that asks you, encourages you, if they could, they would demand that you upgrade your system? Right or wrong? Right? Upgrade. (laughs) You know, uh, every once in a while, uh, our computer, we need updates. You know? We often talk about this back in when we, where we pastored before, Jason and I were in the same ministry for 22 years. In fact, this young man's worked with me for almost his whole life. He's, he's 43, but he's worked for me for 23 years. Uh, we used to have refresh weekends. Refresh. 
You know, you know what we used to do? We just would get, get alone, get away, kind of schedule everything around just being reminded of some of the most important things that sometimes we neglect to do. Refresh. And we would talk about sometimes it'd be a refreshed family weekend, and we get, we get the husbands in one room and the wives in another room. We have the husband teach the wives and the wives teach the husband. I'm teasing. But that wouldn't be a bad idea for a woman to go in and say to some men, hey, listen, don't forget we have feelings, and we're not your slaves. And it wouldn't be bad for a man to go in to the woman's class and say, we're really sorry for being stupid. Huh? Right? Yeah. And so what am I saying? I'm saying this. Every once in a while, you know, reminders come our way. Accept these reminders as necessary help. Peter says, I won't neglect to put you in remembrance. Always in remembrance. Right? Tuck that away in your, in your pocket. Know what you know, accept reminders as necessary help. Can I give you one more lesson before we go? Live today with an eternal frame of mind. Live today with an eternal frame of mind. Look at it again. Verse 14, Peter says, I'm going I'm to die soon. I'm going to put off this tabernacle, speaking about his body. Verse 15 talks about his decease. And so he's thinking about eternity now, right? He's thinking about eternity. And I guess, I don't know, maybe it's true. I, I, don't, think, I don't think it's happened to me yet, but I, I, I visited my grandfather, my, my, my granddaughter and I, on Thursday, visited my grandfather. You know who my grandfather is? 101 years old. Yeah, <laughs> love him to death. I remember visiting him, and we're very close. My grandfather and I are very, very, very close. I remember visiting him right before he turned 100, or maybe he just turned 100. <laughs> and I remember saying it. And at that point, at that point, 99 years old, still going to the gym, still driving, still cooking. Yeah. And I remember visiting him and saying, hey, I call him Bud. Ever since I've been a little kid, I call him Bud. And I say, and I say, Bud, you're going to be 100. You know what he said to me? Who the heck wants to be 100? <laughs> and I remember thinking, but you're 99. At least 100, you get a little recognition. Right? We went out. We went out. I took him out. And this is recent now. Just about a month or so ago, six weeks ago, I go down to visit him. I take him to the eye doctor. So I took him to the eye doctor this one Friday. Got him in the car. Him and his wife. My grandmother died. Second wife. Got him in the car. You ready to go? He said, hey, I want to take you to lunch. And I said, oh, I don't feel like going to lunch today. Going to lunch with them? There's not, a, there's not a diner and a restaurant on earth that can please them. I don't care where you go. Take him to a five-star, he'll, he'll find something wrong with it. So I want to take you. I said, now? You really want to go? Yeah. All right, let's go. Take him, go to, the, go to a diner. Pull up into a diner. Walking in, we sit down, got him seated, got her seated. I sit down, give him the menus. The guy behind us, he's all by himself. He says to my grandfather, I love your hair. My grandfather's got a full head of white hair. You know? Love your hair. My grandfather said, what do he say? <laughs> I said, he said he loves your hair. And so he's behind me. So I lean back. We were in a booth. I said, he's 101. He said, what? 
101, pulls out his phone. Can I take a picture? Go ahead, take a picture. Takes a picture of my grandfather. I said, he's a veteran. What? Now he's telling everybody in the diner, now they're clapping, we got a veteran over here. And I'm saying, what have I gotten myself into today? Yeah. And so we're, we, we order, and, and so and the, the guy behind us gets up, he comes by, he says to my grandfather, hey, I forget, he, he called him somebody, hey boss, or hey champ, or hey, hey whatever, I just, I just paid for your lunch. And I said, man, thank you for that. My grandfather says, what do you do that for? <laughs> I said, because you're a 101-year-old veteran. And he just said, Huh? Isn't that something? Look here. Peter is living with eternity in view. My grandfather at 101, I don't think he thinks about dying. I really don't. You know, he called me up just the other day, and he said, uh, where are you at? I said, I'm in my office. I thought you were coming early. I said, it's 9 o'clock. <laughs> I would have had to sleep there to get any, to get any earlier. He said, when are you going to be there? I, I said, I'll leave now. All right. He was like disappointed. <laughs> said to me on Thursday, oh, I'll see you next week. I'm thinking, I could be in heaven by this afternoon. He's thinking about next week. <laughs> There's some people just don't think about eternity. But I think as Christians, we ought to live with an eternal frame of mind. Yeah, I, I really do. Did you ever hear this? Did you ever hear this statement? I, I've heard it before. I didn't coin this, but somebody said, there are some people that are so heavenly minded, they're, they're no earthly good. <laughs> Did you ever hear that? Huh? I don't know anybody like that. I know a lot of people that are no earthly good, but they're not heavenly minded. <laughs> I, I don't think that's the encouragement here. Let me, let, me, let me wrap this up. Here's what I think Peter is saying in this text. We ought to use eternity as a filter to run life through. Did you get that? I'm going to say that again. I'll slow it down now. I'm finished. We ought to use eternity as a filter to run life through. The eternal frame of mind. I'm all about enjoying life. I really am. I enjoy life. I love to do certain things. Right? And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't, I don't like to be around those individuals who think you've got to live life inside this building. Huh? Right? Every, every moment of every day, if we had church here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and all day Sunday, there's some people who say, I'm there. Well, let me know how you make out with that, because I won't be. <laughs> I, I, I don't think, I think you've got to put everything in balance. And I don't find there anything wrong with enjoying this life. Here's the problem. Tuck this away. The problem surfaces when we live like this is all there is. Did you get that? I don't think God would want us to be unhappy and miserable and walk around in a box. And, you know, I mean, he creates beautiful oceans for us to fish in. What, just to tempt me? No, you can't do it. There's fish out there, but you can't catch them because you're a Christian. You better get to church. Beautiful golf courses. Now, I know they're there to make us crazy, right, Bob, and help us to grow in our faith because golfing is the most frustrating. They call it a sport, and people love it. I don't get it. It's frustrating. Right? 
But all these, you know, remember, remember Kmart used to have them blue, blue light specials? Remember, ladies? What if they're blue light special, but you weren't allowed because you're a Christian to buy anything? <laughs> huh? Come on, man. God's not that way. You think God's that way? No. Independent fundamental Baptists are that way. You know why? That's our Chaney, that's the way we control our people. It's the only way we can control you to make sure you're tithing, coming to church every service, and we got to say everything out there is wrong, it's no good. That's not the way it is. You remember back in the day when people used to throw their TV set away? Why? Hell, it's evil. No, it's not. Because if you can't control the TV set, you throw that away, what are you going to throw away next? Your refrigerator? I didn't see people throwing it away. They can't control their eating habits. They don't throw away their refrigerator. Man, this is good preaching. Huh? What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say this. If you live with an eternal frame of mind, then you'll use eternity as a filter to run life through. And you'll know that this is good, but there's something better. And I'm not going to live for the here and now. I'm not going to do it, because if I do, I get trapped. Right? For me, it'll be all fishing, all golfing, you know, all grilling. I love to grill. All grilling. Now, I've got to put it in perspective. I can grill after church. I can fish after I fish for men. I can fish for fish. Live with an eternal frame of mind. Right? And that's why there's a challenge in the Bible. Work now, for nighttime cometh when? No man can work right? Get done now what you're supposed to get done now. And so, I think Peter's encouraging us to prepare ourselves with a good exit strategy, right? Good exit strategy, because one day we're going to exit this world and enter into the next, and what we do now determines prepare yourself with a good exit strategy. How do we do that? Know what you know, accept reminders as necessary help, and live with an eternal frame of mind. Always remember. Amen? Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.